Hello and welcome to Stupid Sequence, the show where we make ranked lists of things that don't matter because arguing with your friends is fun. I'm your host, Josh. And I'm your host, Scott. This is our 11th episode. Sort of. We had our lost episode there, but nonetheless. We also had early lost episodes, so. That's true. That's true. Those are pilots. That's a different thing. Um, This is the one we're labeling 11 and posting it as such. Correct. Uh, we're going to start off with a quick summary of what the show is. The goal of each episode is to create a ranked list of something, usually media-related. Scott and I will pick a topic before the show, and normally we'll each come prepared with a list of ten. However, this week, um, as we alluded to uh, in our last episode, we got a guest this week. It's my wife, Grace. Hey, Hello. Grace. Hi, Grace. I also like Gracie. Hi, Gracie. I just call her Grace. I also like Gracie. So, in the first segment, we're usually talking about the first five items from each of our lists in detail, why we fit, feel they fit the list, why they're meaningful to us, or maybe some interesting facts about them. Uh, because, like normal, um, when we have guests on, we're going to do, uh, normally we would do a top four uh, for the guest format. I've been informed by our impartial third party, who actually, Grace, usually serves as our impartial third party. We had to get a different one for this episode because she's participating. Uh, uh, would that be an impartial fourth party? I guess an impartial fourth party, then. Um, they have informed us that we actually have three duplicates uh, across our top fours. So we're going to be talking about our top fives here. Uh, we've prepared each prepared a list of six of top six, so we'll mention that sixth one along with any honorable mentions we might have. So from the first segment, um, we go on to um, mention those. In the second segment, we'll mention the uh, honorable mentions and then go head to head and argue over which items belong in the official top ten. So our topic this week, uh, Grace, this was your idea, so why don't you tell us what the topic is? Uh. Yeah, sure. Topic this week is the best fictional dogs. Uh, I work at a doggy daycare and have worked with dogs for about five years now. So uh, I like to say that I am the resident dog expert. Um, Pretty much anything there is to know about dogs, I know it. So we're going to we're going to be delving into specifically fictional dogs here. As such, uh, Grace and I's dog, Modoc, is not eligible, unfortunately. Uh, Scott, your dogs, your dogs also. I need to alter my list then, because Modoc was my number one. Oh wow! Yeah, well, he deserves it. Scott, you have a uh, much more normal dog names than us. Uh, I do Freckles and Star. I'm going to refrain from saying too much because it's relevant to some of the points that I'm going to be making oh, later. Oh, interesting. So, speaking of weird dog names, I'm going to hijack the podcast immediately. Um, with my own custom segment that I've made. Uh, so cue, cue special theme music here. I've, I've made my own top eight list over here of weird video game dog names that we're going to run through real quick. Because uh, I think it's fun. Uh, at number eight, we have 
Duck Hunt Dog from the name of Duck Hunt. Yes, that's the name of the dog. Duck Hunt Dog. True story. Number seven is the dog Annoying Dog from Undertale. That's his name, Annoying Dog. Uh, number six is a late uh, entry reminded to me by Scott uh, about 20 minutes ago. This is Parappa from Parappa the Rapper. He's a dog Ooh. that raps. Wow, he actually uh, slated in at number six of your mini segment list. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah. honored. Pretty good. Uh, number five is Interceptor from Final Fantasy VI. He's pretty cool. That's he's, a good name. He's Shadow the Ninja's dog. Uh, number four is Dogmeat from the Fallout series. I think there's a dog named Dogmeat in every Fallout game, if I remember correct. Uh, number three is D-Dog, D-Dog, from Metal Gear Solid Five. Mm-hmm. He's pretty cool. He marks all the enemies on the radar for you, if you get close enough to him, because he can smell them. Uh, number two is Dogfella from Sword and Sorcery EP. He is the... Uh, companion of a lumberjack named Logfella. And number one, weirdest video game dog name from Final Fantasy VIII, it's Sant'Angelo di Roma. It's a mouthful. Notably, not like a sapient dog. It's just a dog. I can imagine like him getting it doing something and me being like, Saint Angelo di Roma, what are you doing? Get your nose out of there. Sit sit. It it is a it is a she also. Well, yeah, there we go. Uh, Sidetrack over. Weird video game dog names. That's your list. Wow, thanks for hijacking that for your own personal gain, Josh. It's definitely going to help me with my arguments later. All right, well, let's get started um, in the actual list here. Scott, we're going to start with your number five. What'd my you bring? number five? Okay, well, let's go with five is Max from The Grinch. 1966 uh, is the original air date from Dr. Seuss. Max is a kind of a mutt mixed between a beagle, a dachshund, and a terrier. Uh, And for those not familiar, Max is the companion to the Grinch and is arguably the hero of the entire story. So Max, given that he is the hero, Uh, He has humor, he has devotion, and his likability just in general. And and it's not just the original show that kind of portrays him in this light, but even several of the remakes that have occurred over the years, and and even in the most recent remake, which has Benedict Cumberbatch voicing uh, the Grinch. I forgot that Um, that existed. Right? So his likability, it outshines even the Who's. Right. So he's just a really, really good, good boy. <laughs> For, uh... I, yeah, I go also ahead, had Max as uh, my number six. Ooh. Um, oh, OK. I specifically, though, I had Max from How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the Jim Carrey movie. Uh-huh. Um, some fun things about that is that he was actually played by six different mixed breed shelter dogs. Aw. Um, and they were all trained uh, to work with him. The the two top ones being named Kelly and Chip, and then Topsy, Stella, Zelda, and Bo also. Um, and they all had different things that they were good at. Awesome. It's also fun to note that um, it, the movie was certified humane by PETA and was allowed the No Animals Were Harmed credit. Well, that is nice. 
I would say that that might be true for the live action, but I mean, as we saw in some of the originals, right? He he's pretty abused uh, during throughout the entire show. But regardless of that, he he stands by the Grinch. He, his loyalty is is amazing. Yeah. Even when his owner was doing the wrong thing, Max was always there for him. Apparently, they also um, trained the dogs to desensitize them to uh, Jim Carrey's makeup, so they wouldn't be scared of him. So that it's a lot. That works well with my next point. Besides him having done all of the work, getting him up and down the mountain, and you know, getting him, enabling him to steal the presents. Um, he has to hang around with the Grinch, who, as established by the show's theme song, stinks in every conceivable verb tense. He stinks, he stank, he stunk. And with that, dogs have amazing senses of smell, so for him to put up with that in and of itself is heroic. He's a good friend. I would say without him, the Grinch doesn't do any of the things that he plans on doing good or bad but ultimately by always standing at his owner's side it's his friendship that keeps the Grinch from becoming a truly bad person yeah I would agree with that Max is the unsung hero Uh, you can't be a bad person if you like dogs that's true I think they proved that even before his heart grew that Max was the one thing that he still sort of empathized with and enough to give himself some humanity even though he's not a human but you get what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so that that was my number five max solid pick i think do either of you remember a game i don't remember when this came out but it was a video game on the the pc uh that was the grinch hmm no i remember playing this and I, I want to say, like, Max, like, was an element of gameplay. Oh, wait, isn't there a bit where, like, Max, like, slides down the mountain and you have to propel him around obstacles and stuff? I, th- I think so. I think I do remember that, actually. Not ringing any bells for me, sorry. But I have not played it in forever, and I just kind of remembered it now. But yeah, no, good choice for good choice with Max. Um, He was on my um honorable mentions list, for sure, so... Uh, also uh, worth boy. mentioning, uh, our impartial fourth party did not tell me that this duplicate existed, despite clarifying that each of us had a duplicate in the top three. So I'm not sure what duplicate. I don't. I, all duplicate bets are off the table. I'm considering at this point. Who knows what we're gonna <laughs> have? Because this is uh, this was not mentioned. So I don't know what we're on a roller coaster here, folks. Excellent. Well, I that since that was my five. And and Grace had it as six. Josh, do you want to go next with your five, and then we'll jump over to Grace's? Yeah, sure. Uh, my number five is Cheddar from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Ah, Cheddar! I forgot about Cheddar. You forgot about Cheddar. Oh, that's no. a shame. Cheddar's uh, great. Cheddar was in my honorable mentions list uh, because she's a betraying bitch. But keep going. You're just some. You're just some common bitch. That is, right. that is the best line about Cheddar. So Cheddar is a corgi belonging to Captain Holt and his husband, Kevin. Uh, Cheddar is very smart. Uh, Cheddar was trained by Holt to steal items in multiple Halloween heists. Have a significant effect on the outcome of those contests. 
Uh, Chatter is also supposed to be a ring bearer at a wedding. Uh, you try, try to avoid too many spoilers here, so we'll just say a wedding. That ah. happens on the show, but uh, Chatter got into the cake and ended up passing out and was not able to perform performer duties, but still good, still a good dog. Uh, as is the case with many TV dogs, uh, Cheddar is played by many different dogs throughout the show, but at least they managed to keep it a corgi all the way through consistently, unlike uh, some other uh, shows that I could name. Notably, uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, uh, Data had a cat named Spot, and Spot is like a completely different kind of cat every single time it shows up. <laughs> the joke there being that Data is accidentally killing Spot and they are just replacing it with a different cat every time. That's amazing. Yep. That's not very nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a cat. Uh, it's yeah. okay. Anyway. Um, yeah, as, as uh, uh, Grace mentioned, uh, one of the best lines is uh, one of the Halloween heists. Uh, Cheddar, is, Cheddar is betrayed by another member of the Brooklyn Nine-Nine crew. Uh, and and gets swapped out for a different, more poorly trained corgi, and uh, and revealing the deception, Captain Holt has picked up the dog and says, "You're not Cheddar. You're just some common bitch." Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I, I find that very entertaining. It, um, it was Cheddar, fantastic. Cheddar also instrumental in. Uh, There's a little bit of spoiler here. I guess spoilers for late last season, Brooklyn Nine Nine. Chatter instrumental in reuniting the separated Captain Holt and Kevin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so important, important to love as well. So, uh, cheers to Cheddar, the best corgi. I don't know. Oh, the, also, the Queen probably would not agree with that, but that's not well, she's the, dead, the, so. the best Whoa! corgi. Oh. <laughs> Rip. Uh, oh man. Ripping also worth noting. Off. Longest running dog to play Cheddar was named Stuart. Stuart. Stuart the the Corgi. Okay. You know yeah, that's that's what I got for number five. Not relevant to my list, so I'll mention it. One of my dogs, Freckles, is half Corgi. I didn't know that, but I guess yeah. that makes sense. No, it doesn't. What? She doesn't look very Corgi. She's well, not very short. He. He, Get, sorry. Gets his ears and his coloration from it. And oh, that does the, make sense. The other half is a uh, cattle dog. He's the one that is very cuddly, but doesn't like his ears touched. Yes. Freckles yep. likes me. He has yes. freckles. He also likes me. Yes. He, he is uh, spoiled and will tell you that he never gets pets by anyone ever. And I'm certain that that is not the case. It's true. He's very demanding for pets every time I'm over there. He's also very jealous. He likes to sit on my lap, even though he weighs like 60 pounds. And that's why Freckles is better than Cheddar. Oh, oh okay. dropping Ch- bombs. Although we, like we said, like we said, though, fictional dogs, Cheddar, or uh, uh, Freckles does not make the list. Oh. But yeah, that's my number five, Grace. Why don't we get into your number five? Yeah, Gracie, what do you have? My number five is Isabel from Animal Crossing. I knew this would make the list. I love Animal Crossing. It is probably my favorite video game, especially the newest installment, um, which is Animal Crossing New Horizons. Um, Isabel is a um, pretty prominent character in the series. She is uh, very sweet and cute. She greets you every morning um, with the news about what's happening on your island. 
and she can also help you with different things. Uh, she works as sort of a a secretary at the government building. I don't I forget what it's called, <laughs> but uh, and she can help you with like implementing like different programs and help you like kick people off your island. Although she doesn't really that does not is not very helpful i don't even know and you're not you're not making a you're not making a good uh, <laughs> argument for isabel being no like okay but isabel here. she's very sweet she's very cute um i i just there's like lots of little things that you get to know about her that are um kind of hidden in the nintendo story plot like so apparently they did a um like a learn english um video in japan and in it, she says that her favorite, uh, dr- her favorite drink is whiskey. So, so people have been joking that she always drinks whiskey when you see her, even though it looks more like a glass of iced tea. But also, she has lots of different names. Uh, so Isabel is her English name, but her name in Japan is Shizu, which uh, is probably because she's a Shih Tzu. Um, and then her. Spanish name is Canela, which means cinnamon. Her French name is Marie. Her German name is Melinda. And her Italian name is Fufi, which I thought was fun that she had so many different names. And so, so what, you're tell- what you're telling us is that Isabel is a, uh, uh, makes people homeless, um, is an alcoholic, and is operating <laughs> under a bunch of different aliases. That's shady. Yeah. She also, if you happen to talk to her while visiting a friend's island, she will say that she has many sisters that look exactly like her, and they all work as secretaries in other towns. Oh, man. And all it's of them like are also named Isabel. Officer Jenny, Nurse Joy type situation going on here. Yeah, absolutely. That is what they were trying to get at. So this is um, the part of the podcast where I admit I have never played Animal Crossing in any version or form and it does not appeal to me and i don't know who this character is uh she's also in super smash brothers ultimate and mario kart 8 so she's getting around she's doing her stuff it's true i'm with you scott i don't like animal crossing at all i find it very boring but isabel is cute i will i will give isabel that what kind of dog she's a shih tzu oh yeah you said that hmm uh, yeah. Also, fun little thing that I thought was cute is her coffee order in New Leaf is a mocha with lots of milk and three spoonfuls of sugar, which I think matches her personality very well. I don't think you should give a dog that much sugar. Did you say a mocha? Yeah. As in chocolate? <laughs> yeah! For the dog. Yep. She, uh, she's a funny animal. Oh, as in like the Disney uh, <laughs> definition funny animal as in the animals that talk as opposed to pluto who is not a funny animal cannot talk uh so do we want to do scott's number four now oh yeah uh sure yeah let's Mm. get over to scott what you got all right thank you gracie appreciate that my number four is gromit from wallace and gromit also on my honorable mentions oh i thought i'd make your top list gromit's pretty good well Gromit first appeared in 1989 in a show called A Grand Day Out, and this was created by Nick Park. Gromit is one of the two main protagonists in the show, alongside his owner, Wallace, of the Wallace and Gromit franchise. So he is the sidekick and pet dog. So 
he's the logical be- the brains behind the duo um as opposed to Wallace being he's kind of the inventive one and you know he he often rolls his eyes at Wallace's mad antics and ideas and oftentimes has to save Wallace from the scrapes and and the various situations that he gets into so like his owner Gromit is very friendly he's kind-hearted but he's more aware and less eccentric i think than Wallace um Given that he's highly intelligent, he's also good at coming up with ideas or implementing ideas that Wallace comes up with. He can be a little sarcastic at times, uh, but he's well-meaning and he's very loyal to his owner and his best friend. So in a couple different scenarios that they were in, like Gromit was saddened when Wallace previously died after he sacrificed himself to save Gromit. And I'm not going to say spoilers here because this was years ago, years and years and years ago. But when Wallace was in uh, kind of a were-rabbit form, they, they, he was relieved after he was able to revive Wallace because he used a slice of stinking bishop cheese. So he literally brought his owner back to life. And at times, he kind of makes like a dog-like noise, like a yelp or a grunt, but for the most part, he just re- remains silent because um, he doesn't have a visible mouth. In 1993, they they premiered the show The Wrong Trousers, and on his birthday, Gromit is given a collar and a leash, who says it now looks like someone actually owns Gromit. And then uh, Wallace presents techno trousers to take Gromit for a walk. And have you guys seen this movie? I have no. not. Okay. So I in saw order- the Were-Rabbit one. Okay, so in order to pay off his debts, Wallace rents out the spare room to a penguin named Feathers McGraw. Unsatisfied with the spare room, Feathers uses Gromit's room instead, forcing Gromit to live in the spare room. And then Feathers keeps Gromit up all night with loud music, forcing Gromit to live in a kennel in the garden. Feeling that Feathers has kind of come between him and Wallace, Gromit decides to leave. And then later in the film, Gromit discovers that Feathers is actually a criminal who disguises himself as a chicken. So after Wait, I thought he was a penguin. Yeah, he disguises himself as a chicken though, all right? What? After Feathers uses Wallace in the techno trousers to steal a diamond from a museum, which are, you know, trousers that automatically move themselves or like move through uh, like a controller. Oh, so he's he's trousers. using he him to steal that. a diamond. And then he returns to the house and he's locking Wallace in a cupboard. Gromit prepares to attack Feathers with a rolling pin, but he changes his mind when Feathers pulls out a pistol and locks him in the cupboard with Wallace. And then the pair manage to break out of the cupboard and pursue Feathers around the house. After managing to trap Feathers in a bottle, Wallace and Gromit hand him to the police, who place him in a zoo. Wallace and Gromit use the reward money they're given to pay off their debts. So not only did he outsmart a criminal mastermind penguin sort of chicken situation he saved his human he brought him back to life on top of that gromit has several guns or weapons at his disposal and he has a telescopic banana gun he has a porridge gun and he has a turnip launcher which are all amazing inventions and i'm so happy that they've been able to implement such obscure things in in these uh, different episodes but to serve a specific purpose uh, the porridge gun acting like an adhesive, for example. And Gromit, so I, 
all that aside, Gromit's amazing. He always saves his human. He's super loyal. He's done some incredible things, including helping build a rocket and going to the moon. But well, that was a different one. A um, couple fun facts here, though. Gromit was actually originally going to be a cat. However, it was changed after Nick Park, the creator, realized that a dog was much easier to make. So makes sense. And, you know, dogs are vastly superior. So he went with dog. You're not wrong. And then last thing I'm going to throw in here in the original script for A Grand Day Out, which is the uh, original movie, um, Nick Park actually wanted Gromit to speak full coherent sentences. And he even cast Peter Hawkins, who is best known for portraying like Daleks in Doctor Who for the voice role. So the dialogue only took Hawkins a single morning to complete. And according to Nick, Gromit was intended to repeat everything that Wallace said in a doggy style voice, making him doggy styled, styled, not doggy style voice. All right, let's be clear. A D's carrying a lot of weight there. Yeah, all right. So making him somewhat similar to Scooby-Doo. However, it was... Yeah, it was eventually scrapped after Nick realized that Gromit would be able to communicate everything with his body language and his expressions. Uh, Therefore, Gromit was rewritten to be completely silent. And the lost dialogue by Hawkins cannot be found anywhere online and has not been heard by the public to this day. Wow. I thought that was pretty interesting. But that's why Gromit is my number four. So I... My most of my familiarity with Wallace and Gromit comes from some of the shorts. I don't I've not seen any of the feature films. Sure. Uh, but most of my familiarity with Ardman Animation, the company that the studio that does um, Wallace and Gromit comes from um a deep love of the movie Chicken Run. Mmm. Fantastic. Which is not a dog movie. No, no, it's not. It, in but fact it, it's about forever, chickens. Not penguins disguised as chickens either. That's true. Actual chickens. Uh, uh, Forever the lines here to to my brain is, but I don't want to be a pie. (laughs) Uh, The the one that's seared into mine is, put your head between your knees and kiss your butts goodbye. Also good. Ah, yes. But I don't want to be a pie. Yeah, that's a, a classic movie. I haven't watched it in some time, but... Oh, yeah. I have not seen that movie in forever, but it's quite good. Ardman animation in general, I think, is also beloved by my kids. And we oftentimes watch various episodes from it. And we have shown them the movie Chicken Run. Unfortunately, I think they're some of them are a little too young and didn't quite get it. But they sure. do enjoy the TV show, Shaun the Sheep. Which I was going to ask. That, that goes to my, one of my honorable mentions. The dog in Shaun the Sheep, his name is Bitzer. He's also fantastic. And unfortunately, given that they exist in the same universe, I was not putting him on this list as well. I, I well, I'm saying universe loosely. It's probably same frame, on this same, list, but... same overarching franchise, I guess. Yeah, but I think Gromit is superior. It, it's a close fight, but I think Gromit's superior. It's the intelligence. Sean the Sheep, that show is fantastic. I would argue that Sean is more dog than Bitzer is in a lot of cases, but anyway, let's not let's not go down that route right now. And we can instead jump to Josh's number four. My number four is a show that I enjoyed a lot as a child. 
This is everyone's favorite Jack Russell Terrier, Wishbone. Everyone's so, favorite, right? Right? Huh? Yeah, no, Wishbone's great. I love Wishbone. Okay. Wishbone, I, Wishbone is my number six. What's the story, Wishbone? Wishbone. I, Wishbone go is ahead. my number two. Oh, oh, snap. Wow, there we go. That's a triple. I, Ooh, baby. Have, has that ever happened before? I don't think so. I don't know that it has. In in earlier, um, or earlier revisions or drafts of my top six list here, Wishbone was actually number four, and oh, okay. I I ended up supplanting Gromit and Max as four. It's five. interesting because I moved Wishbone to I swapped Wishbone and Cheddar today earlier today. So okay, I also moved Wishbone up today because I I grew up with Wishbone and I love him and we have our own little Wishbone now. Well, not exactly. Modok, Modok is a rat. Very it's not a similar, Jack Russell, but it's He's... similar. Anyway, if you're not familiar with Wishbone, it's a kids' show aimed at teaching kids about classic literature. Uh, most Wishbone episodes tend to be a very shallow, thin story about Wishbone and his family of humans that uh, take care of him. That uh, makes him think about the plot of some classic novel, and then the rest of the episode cuts back and forth between that story and then a reenactment of the novel with Wishbone usually playing the protagonist. Mm-hmm. And, and a lovely voiceover. Oh, yeah. For, for some of the most memorable episodes for me are uh, focused on books like The Odyssey, mm-hmm. uh, Rip Van Winkle, mm-hmm. Joan of Arc, Robin Hood, Three Musketeers, yeah. uh, the Sherlock Holmes story, A Scandal yeah. in Bohemia, Oh yeah, uh, and Phantom of the Opera. Uh, yeah. I grew up reading Wishbone books, and the only sure. version of... Uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein that I have read is Wishbone's version of it. That's a it's Mary Shelley's Frankenstein divisive topic on this podcast. No comment. <laughs> so is it? I want to pause for a second because you said everybody's favorite Jack Russell Terrier, and for whatever reason, my brain immediately went to Eddie from Frasier, and I thought, "There's yeah. no way this is his number four. <laughs> No, Eddie is uh, Eddie's on my honorable mentions. Did not make my list. He's on my honorable mentions too. But I just, I'm like, what? There's no way. And then I'm like, no. oh yeah, Wishbone. Wishbone is on my list. Why didn't I think of Wishbone first? <laughs> so, uh, Wishbone was actually played by the same dog the whole way through, Soccer. which is incredible. They only filmed that show. That show got two seasons, so it was filmed over the, filmed over the course of like three years. Uh, so, uh, the dog in this case was named Soccer. hmm He lived from 1988 to 2001, so he died at 13. Grace, was... uh, Grace doing the deep dive on the dogs here. <laughs> the dog actors. It. He was chosen from more than 100 dogs who auditioned for the role. Wow. He was in nearly every episode of the show. Nearly? Which one wasn't he in? I don't know. Oh. Just said almost every episode. From 1995 to 1998. Huh. They did do a Wishbone movie as well. Yep. I wonder if there was like a, one of those classic recap episodes where maybe they just did highlights and well, technically he'd be in it. Never mind. Someone else that got their start on Wishbone was future Supernatural star Jensen Eccles. <laughs> yep, uh, that was his very first acting role ever, so he's pretty young. He is in an episode that uh, 
uh, focused on the story of Our Lady of Guadalupe, weirdly enough. Um, and yeah, he uh, that was Jensen Ackles. If you've seen him on Supernatural, maybe more recently you've seen him on season three of The Boys. Uh, very first role, Wishbone. 1995. Very funny. Amazing. But yeah, that's what I got for Wishbone. He's fun. I like him. It's a classic. I also grew up watching Wishbone, and my cousin had a Jack Russell Terrier and named it Wishbone. So it's uh, something that's kind of been lodged in my brain for many, many years now. It was a a good choice, and I think that's evident since all three of us put it on our list. What's the story, Wishbone? I mean, Wishbone, I think inspired a generation of kids to read um and specifically classical literature because i don't think that it's something i would have been interested in at all if i hadn't watched the show when i was a kid i would say wishbone and lavar burton i was gonna say reading rainbow was definitely up there for me and i don't know if you guys had this in your school growing up but we did i think it was called riff reading is fun did you guys have that what, no. what was it? It was like a book program where they wanted you to read, you know, minutes and, and you got rewards for it. Oh, and... yeah. We did the school I went to. We did a thing called Accelerated Reader. Yeah, hmm. we had something like that, too. I would just pick books that were um, that movies were based on them and then just <laughs> answer the questions off of the movie and normally got the points. So. I mean, awesome. I read, too, but. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why Gracie was not on the uh, books episode of this podcast. <laughs> We're gonna have Grace's next episode is uh, best movies adapted from books. It's a short list. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord yeah. of the Rings. That All that's right. actually a tough one if you had to think about that. It's the Lord of the Rings number one. No well, contest. Okay, Easy. but. Come on. I had Another a film one professor. that What's that? I had a film professor that had never seen the Lord of the Rings movies. They call themselves a professor. Tragic. For how many awards they won alone, you'd think they would have seen at least like The Return of the King, which, you know, is inappropriate to just skip ahead that far, but True. The amount of yeah. awards it won, it's it's an amazing film. Yeah, absolutely. I would argue that uh, the Bone Collector. I don't know if you've seen that movie. It's I don't got know what that is. No. Denzel Washington and I believe a young Angelina Jolie cop and a paraplegic detective who's like a Sherlock Holmes type. You know, I read that book and it was a really good book. And then I'm like, oh, there's a movie. Oh, and I watched it. I'm like, this is actually pretty true to the book. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. You know what it isn't though. It isn't a fictional dog. Mm, we're getting off topic, I think, is what little bit. Josh is a saying. A little bit. Okay. Grace, we why can, don't we, we go on back. to your number four? Yeah, my number four is Mr. Peanut Butter from BoJack Horseman. Um, Mr. Peanut Butter is the star of Mr. Peanut Butter's house. Um, he is an adult male yellow lab, uh, which is one thing to know about me. Uh, my least favorite dog breed is yellow labs because they are idiots um and this is lovable idiots yeah okay lovable idiots they're still idiots um (laughs) 
But I think Mr. Peanut Butter does a great job of um, showing that part of the breed because he definitely is also a lovable idiot. Um, he has had several wives. Mr. Peanut Butter is uh, friends with Bojack, um, but he's also like their rival. Bojack acts like he doesn't really like him, but Mr. Peanut Butter is kind of like one of his only friends. Uh, and I think a funny thing is that every time that they accidentally run into each other, Mr. Peanut Butter says, what is this, a crossover episode? And Bojack hates it so much. <laughs> Uh, but I, I, the things I love about Mr. Peanut Butter is that um, I just love the the dog jokes around him and the way like, oh, if this was like a a person dog hybrid, like how would they act? Like there's a whole episode where he figures out that um, his brother Captain Peanut Butter uh, had told him that his parents had gone to a farm upstate and he realizes then that they're actually dead <laughs> oh no and he's just been thinking this whole time that they're at a farm and he can't contact them or anything <laughs> oh man and it's it's really funny it's sad classic uh dog death trope yeah that's uh also funny his his first name is mr and peanut butter is his last name so his brother's first name is Captain, and then I think at one point they say his dad's name was Chief. Chief Peanut so Butter. Chief Peanut Butter and Captain Peanut very, Butter. Very important question. His name is Mr. Peanut Butter. Is it first name Mr.? Is it spelled yeah. out M-I-S-T-E-R, or is it M-R period? It's M-R period. Oh, okay. That's worse. Yeah. <laughs> I think Mr. Peanut Butter is uh is great, because he's, he's, he's really a, like... One of the dog characters that we're going to talk about where they, like, he actually has, like, a character arc. And more to him than just, like, oh, I am a dog helping out a person. Like, because he, he has his own his own story and things that are going on in his life. And he is sometimes not always the best person, but uh, tries to make good choices, tries to be a good person. Um, and you can definitely see him grow as a character throughout the show. Are you telling me that Cheddar doesn't have a character arc? No, Cheddar Cheddar does not have much of a character arc. How dare you? <laughs> mm. Um my other favorite thing about Mr. Peanut Butter is that he, even though he loves tennis balls, he hates the game of tennis because he gets angry at how nobody ever catches the ball. It's clever. I like that. And it's funny cuz like uh they'll just be doing a scene and like a doorbell will ring off camera, and he'll just be like, like instantly upset in the middle of a conversation. That's too real. I'm really glad. I'm really glad our dog does not do that. We had a sign on our door for the longest time that says, "Please do not knock or ring the doorbell." Protective dog and sleeping baby inside, and it worked. A lot of the FedEx and UPS people just dropped off packages and walked away. We often knew it was coming anyway, so it wasn't that big a deal. But anytime somebody disregarded the sign and knocked or hit that doorbell, the dog went crazy. Not what you want. Not ideal. Especially when the kids are sleeping. I wish delivery people rang our doorbell. I could never get them to. It's very upsetting. 
you should put a sign on your door that says please ring doorbell when delivering package yeah, delivery pack. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but i think mr peanut butter is a great addition um also because he's just he's he really helps to guide bojack um in his journey of like trying to uh figure out his life and his role um how he has hurt other people and sometimes he ignores Mr. Peanut Butter and just thinks of him as a constant and in his life and then when Mr. Peanut Butter finally says like you know I'm done I'm not going to let you use me anymore and he realizes like how much he needed peanut butter to fill that void um is really sweet because you know dogs are our best friend so this brings me to my next question admittedly never having watched bojack horseman what mm-hmm. what about the series or the show would entice me to want to watch it what what kind of show is it if if i like another show maybe i'd like this type of situation because i like from what you're describing it sounds like i might want to actually watch this and get to know the, these pretty deep characters it sounds like so i would say bojack horseman walks a really fine line between um, like very like random hilarity comedy and like deep dive into mental illness. <laughs> um, they they hit on some really good points uh throughout the story about um mental illness and different kinds. There's different characters who um have different things like Bojack. He has problems with narcissism. Um, he has there's. Uh, a grandmother who had a lobotomy, um, Diane Nguyen, who is Mr. Peanut Butter's wife, um, but also works for Bojack. Uh, she has problems with depression. Um, and there's a lot about addiction as well. But I think it it balances it really well with um, the comedy that's in it. And some of it is just so outlandish and silly, like early on. Uh, this is not a spoiler because it's like first season. Um, Mr. Peanut Butter steals the D and the Hollywood sign, and so from that moment on, whenever, Impressive. whenever, <laughs> uh, Hollywood is mentioned, they always pronounce it Hollywood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every time for the rest of the show, it's Hollywood. <laughs> There's a lot of really good sight gags as well in uh, BoJack Horseman. Uh, one of which is that everything in Mr. Peanut Butter's house is dog themed. Uh, like everything is bone shaped. He has tennis balls lying around, uh, and he sleeps in a giant, uh, like dog bed uh, that he shares with his wife. It's just a, it's a very good uh, side gag. Josh, have you also watched BoJack? Grace tried to get me to watch it, and we watched a couple episodes, I think, and I don't think it's for me. Fair enough. I might have to watch at least a few episodes and give it a shot. It's too bad because Will Arnett uh, voices Bojack, and I like Will Arnett a lot. Yeah, so do I. Um, but I just did not. It just did not hit for me. Gives me an idea. Top ten famous people named Will Smith. No, let's. All right, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> all right, so uh, Scott's number three. Uh, before we get to that, why don't we take a break? We've uh, been going for a bit here. We'll take a break, and then we're going to come back with our top threes, aside from Grace's number two, which we've already done. So stay tuned, folks. 
Ahoy there! Hope you're enjoying the show so far. If you have show ideas or comments, you can reach us on Twitter at StupidSequence, or you can email us at StupidSequence at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you. Send your ideas our way. And now, back to the show. All right, so getting back into it, I'm going to start with my number three, probably a dog that you have never heard of. This would be Snoopy the Beagle from Charles Duplicate Schultz. Duplicate alert. The Peanuts. Oh, Duplicate shocking. alert. Uh, this is my number six. Ah, okay. Well, I was right. It is on your list. Snoopy's fine. I think he's a bit overrated. Okay, well, here's, like here's why Snoopy's amazing. Okay, originated in October 4th of 1950 from the comic strip. Snoopy was one of Schultz's earliest Peanut characters, appearing for the first time on that date, two days after the comic strip's debut. Schultz loosely based Snoopy on a black and white dog named Spike he had as a teenager. Here's why Snoopy is amazing. He's full of energy. He plays football. He skates like a pro. He plays baseball. He's very musical. And so as I start listing these things, you'll realize that these are properties that pretty much every beagle has. Musical, often singing or howling or kind of playing the piano. He's also lazy like a beagle, often resting on his doghouse. He's very loving. He kisses characters and and then runs away or, you know, comes up and licks them on the face. And and, they don't tend to like that, but he's very loving. He's loyal to Charlie Brown. Charlie is happier with Snoopy's help and general presence. And Snoopy is perhaps the most famous beagle of all. His most memorable escapades come when he is doing distinctively non-dog-like things. So beyond mailing off Mother's Day cards, he also plays shortstop on Charlie Brown's baseball team and is considered one of the best players. In addition to playing baseball, he also passes a short stint trying to become a famous writer where each of his stories begins with the phrase, it was a dark and stormy night. And they are constantly rejected by the unseen forces of the editors, who are commonly maligned throughout the strip. Nobody likes the editors. Uh, One lesser-known disguise of his is pretending to be a vulture, as he surveys Linus and Lucy from above, much to their shared chagrin. Uh, His most famous alter ego, however, is... The Red Baron. No, the Flying Joe Ace. Cool. Oh my gosh. The Red Baron is his nemesis. How dare you? Yeah. He becomes periodically flying atop his red doghouse, transformed into a Sopwith Camel, which is a type of aircraft used during that war. In these situations, his nemesis is the Red Baron, who was a real World War I flying ace from, for the Central Powers. German fighter Manfred von Richthofen, also known as the Red Baron, was considered the best flying ace of the time and is credited with over 80 victories from the air. So it makes sense that at the time he would be famous enough that Snoopy would be his nemesis. Or I guess he would be Snoopy's nemesis. So uh, it's a lot of historical detail that went into that. So anyway, during these missions, root beer is Snoopy's drink of choice, and he sometimes flirts with Marcy, turned into a French femme fatale often shown wearing a beret. Although in the Peanuts movie that came out a few years ago, they created another character, or not created, they used another character that came up previously 
it was a poodle and her name is Fifi and that was his love, but that's that's a different story. Um additionally, uh with the popularity of his flying persona, NASA used Snoopy's name on one of their spacecraft. And NASA's last test flight before the Apollo 11 uh, landing of Neil Armstrong, they borrowed from Peanuts as Snoopy was the name for the lunar module on the Apollo 10 lunar module. The command module on the spacecraft was called Charlie Brown. And Snoopy's friendships range far and wide from all of the Peanuts gang to his brother, Spike, who lives in the desert, and the assorted neighborhood birds, of whom Woodstock is, of course, the most famous. And all these friendships, eclectic personas, and unexpected activities measure up into Snoopy, the most beloved character dog. But, to Gracie's point, as Joe Cool, Snoopy pretends to be a college student. And to become Joe Cool, the Beagle simply puts on a pair of sunglasses and leans against a wall and says his name is Joe Cool. And as the name suggests, Joe Cool believes he is really cool. Like a James Dean or a Fonzie. So, yeah. He's kind of amazing. He can do a little bit of everything. And therefore, Snoopy is one of the best dogs of all time. And number three on my list. Isn't he also like a very prolific company mascot? Oh yeah, absolutely. I know he's the mascot for Michigan Adventure and MetLife too. Yep. Uh, oh, and Dogtopia, the doggy daycare chain was using him for a mascot for a while there too. I'll add in here that all of these things that I've described as pretty similar to a beagle, having owned a beagle currently, Star is part beagle. She is definitely full of energy when she wants to be, and musical, the howling, or the barking, or the constant reminder that she's outside or inside, or there's somebody at the door, or there's somebody new, or there's a guy, or there's a... You know, any person that she's never seen before or has seen several times and just wants to remind you that she's seen them and she sees them right now and she needs to bark and to alert you to that. Does she bay? Like baying is a uh, is like when they do like a howl scream like. No, she does not do that, <laughs> th- thankfully, but she does. Like, uh... I like how all these dog noises are mostly being caught by the Discord filter uh, <laughs> in both directions here, but um, I'm sure they'll make the recording. Well, if you want, I can just go downstairs with the microphone and say, Star, who's here? And she'll just start barking. That's not. So. I'm glad we have a quiet dog. <laughs> as awesome as Snoopy is as a beagle, I think there's some some unrealistic bits perhaps but okay yeah unlike i was gonna say unlike uh bill watterson of calvin hobbs fame uh charles schultz ain't above was not above doing that uh the the merchandising and licensing out no absolutely not peanuts everywhere but now uh the other other thing i was just gonna mention uh Along with the uh, Snoopy flying stuff, the red, red, you know, find the Red Baron and all that stuff. Not one, but two different Snoopy flying combat plane video games exist. Uh, there's 2006's Snoopy versus the Red Baron, mm-hmm. which was on uh, PlayStation 2 and the PSP and the PC. 
Uh, but also for the Xbox 360 in 2010, there was a Snoopy Flying Ace. Amazing. Uh, and both those reviewed moderately well. So, Not played you know, either of these. I don't, I don't think anybody's playing those games online anymore, you know, but they're, uh, they were made. It's interesting. There's probably speed runs for those. I'll have to go look at it. I can't say I played either of them. As far as merchandising is concerned, I do have a Snoopy and a Woodstock that small, what you want to call it, figure, I guess, behind okay. my Funko my pop. work desk. No, it's not a Funko Pop. <laughs> How dare you? I also hate Funko Pops. All right, well, I, I only Despite have Despite my wife owning several. They were gifted one. to me. I do not. Buy, the only one I bought was the the Severus Snape one. Snape, Snape, Severus Snape. Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Okay. Well, <laughs> oh, uh, to that note, Fang is not on my list. Big coward. Nobody likes Fang. But Fluffy. Right. Mm, does that count? I considered Fluffy. I did not put Fluffy on my list though. I, Are these Harry Potter characters? I'm lost. Fluffy was a three-headed dog, a Cerberus. So I, oh, right. That's from Chamber of Secrets? That's uh, the no. American. No, that's... Fluffy is from, the, from, from Sorcerer's Stone. Sorcerer's Stone, yes. Oh, okay, one. yep. So it's you, my Harry Potter knowledge. Immediately okay. wrong. Well, either way, a three-headed dog is... Is a dog? Is not a dog? I we consider. I would say is a dog. Okay, so Cerberus Cerberus would count. I didn't choose a Cerberus, but you know. I mean, Uh. mine. I had Mr. Peanut Butter, and he's a dog-human hybrid. So that's true. Isabel is a dog, but is like a weird anthropomorphic dog. Yeah. Wait, Mr. Peanut Butter is a hybrid, not an anthropomorphic dog. Uh, it's, it's weird. So uh, Google, weird. Google a picture of Mr. Peanut Butter. The 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 depictions of the animal people in BoJack Horseman is, let's say, non traditional in how you normally see anthropomorphic eyes to animals. They're like treated oh. like humans. Yeah, I, I could see that. Okay, so that, but it's it's a dog. Okay, I see. Yeah. But like, I I didn't consider some of the Pokemon. Like Growlithe, Growlithe is basically a dog. But... Puchiana, but no Hound, Houndour, Houndoom. So many to choose from. Is it a lot of dog based? Yapper, that's one, right? Oh, I don't. Know. I don't think that's a Pokemon. later generations. Uh, you, I don't know. There's a thousand and eight yeah. Pokemon now. That's true. Is they that just true? passed a thousand. They just passed a thousand like a couple weeks ago. I want to say. Yeah. The originality of those has really fallen off. All right, we're losing uh, focus here again. Gracie, you have a way with uh, derailing our conversation. It's not me, it's you. I, okay, <laughs> okay. So that was my number three, Snoopy the dog, superior. Maybe not the best beagle, spoilers, but mm. number three on my list. Go ahead, Josh, what do you got for three? Uh, I don't have any uh, beagles on my list besides Snoopy. My next up is. Hank the Cow Dog from the book series Hank the Cow Dog. Uh, th- this is a series of children's books that I absolutely loved as a kid. Huge, huge fan of them. Very funny books. Uh, it's a series about a ranch dog in Texas. Uh, one of the neat little side things here I mostly consume these through audiobook, uh, and the audiobooks are voiced by the author, Stephen R. Erickson. 
so that's that's kind of fun. Um, and he's kind of writing about his uh, own experiences here because he lives in Texas and did you know worked on a ranch his whole life and everything. So, um, so the fun thing about Hank is that he is a complete idiot with a hugely inflated sense of self worth. Um, unlike some of the other dogs, uh, the, some of the other talking dogs we've been talking about here, um, Hank is not an anthropomorphized dog in the sense that he's like, you know, upright walking around and stuff like that. Like he's not bipedal peanut butter or an Isabel. Nope. He is an actual dog in like actual real world. He can't talk to humans or anything like that, but he does talk to other animals. So the different animals can communicate with each other. Um, so it is like a normal ranch that's run, you know, staffed by humans but he is he is the cow dog he helps herd the herd the cattle uh is he a cattle dog or is he a different breed i believe he's supposed to be an australian shepherd okay that's close to cattle dog um so he because specifically he the he was named after a dog that belonged to the neighbor of the author um who was an australian shepherd uh, this neighbor wanted to use this dog, who was named Hank, to herd cattle, but the dog was not trained at all, and so he, the neighbor was trying to get the author to like come help get the dog to do the thing, and dogs would not do anything they wanted it to do. So that's what inspired him to write the books in the first place. <laughs> um, so, Hank uh, is a complete idiot, hugely inflated sense of self-worth. He has appointed himself the head of ranch security going on like patrols at night and making sure that he's keeping the ranch safe really his actual job is just helping the farmhands herd cattle <laughs> but he's got like this you know self-aggrandizing like well i'm the person in charge here kind of a thing um some other characters that you get on uh the, the uh in the series uh he frank is friends with Dro- drover who is a cowardly younger dog that hank views as his assistant uh, Drover is very lazy and tries to get out of doing anything by claiming his leg hurts and, according to Hank, sleeping 16 hours a day. That part sounds like our dog. Uh, <laughs> um, Hank is also rivals with Pete the Barn Cat. You know, all these stories are told kind of first person from Hank's perspective. And so the way that Hank is, the way that Hank views it and the way that Hank is styling things, he, you know, is, uh, uh, Pete the Barn Cat is duplicitous and deceitful and is constantly trying to get one over on hank but hank is the noble and smart uh uh, sounds like a typical cat able to defeat pete every time but really pete's usually out actually outsmarting hank uh, because hank is very dumb other uh recurring characters of note um some local coyotes that hank is eternally at odds with named rip and snort Um, they are also very dumb uh, but in a different way, um, because they're coyotes and more wild. Uh, so they, they butt heads a lot. So yeah, I enjoy these books a lot. They're, they're frequently very funny. Um, I, I will say caveat here. I have not read any of these probably since I was like 12, uh, <laughs> but I, as a kid, I loved them. I read, I read all those books. There were probably a couple dozen of them at that time. And cause I think he started writing these like late 80s i want to say great kids books really had a good time with them as a kid and i recommend them to your children interesting never heard of this um gracie have you heard of these well yes because um i'm married to josh and he talks about his childhood and his mom 
uh, also brings it up quite a lot. I'd be like, remember Hank the cow dog? We, uh, we used to listen to the audiobooks um, driving to Ludington to go on camping trips, trips with my grandparents. Is the, is the books why your mom wants a cow named Muffins, or is that something else? No, that's just her. That's just her. She just wants to have a cow named Mr. Muffin. That's not from Hank the Cow Dog. That's just my mom. Why Mr. Muffin? I don't know. It's my mom. This is also the woman who does not really like animals of any kind. She had one dog. Well, she, she didn't wants used, a cow. She didn't used to. And then we got Modoc. And then she was like, what if we had a dog? She wants a cow. She's Does she know that they poop a ton? Yeah. Well, yeah. they they li- and they're... it's not not even small piles. They're living on an orchard mm-hmm. now, so I think they're planning on getting some animals. So yeah, we'll they're see gonna it. get some chickens. We'll see. They live on an orchard. Well, they're making it an orchard. Yeah, it's like four acres or something, and he just bought two hundred and fifty apple trees to plant there. Anyway, we're Holy getting fuck. sidetracked again. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> my uh, my mother's uh. This is the type of details that Josh Josh just like fails to in- tell me about his own personal life that I have to find out on a podcast that's derailing <laughs> when his wife finally shows up. <laughs> anyway, thanks for keeping me up three? to speed, Josh. Anyway, Hank the Cow Dog. He's pretty yeah. great. I really enjoy him a lot. Hank the Cow Grace. Dog. Sounds underwhelming. All right, go ahead, Grace. Grace, go to your number three. My number three is Atticus from the Cartoon Network show Infinity Train. Um, uh, if you're not familiar, Infinity Train is a, uh, I think there's like four seasons uh, of that show. It's uh, on Cartoon Network. It's very good. Um, I remember f- seeing the pilot on YouTube uh, several years ago. And I thought it was very good. Uh, Atticus is in the pilot, actually, and he was not supposed to be um, in the rest of the show. But uh, because the pilot was so popular on YouTube, they decided to make Atticus a main character of the show when it got to Cartoon Network. Um, He is a cardigan Welsh corgi. Um, He is the king of Corginia. And he has united the cardigans and the Pembrokes. And he always talks like this because he has an air of nobility befitting his title of Corgi King. Um, he, like, introduces himself to Tulip, who is the main character. Uh, she is traveling through the Infinity Train, which is exactly what it sounds like. It is a tr- an infinite train with infinite cars. And each car could have pretty much anything in it. And so this car is the land of Corginia. Um, and it is basically, like, a corgi's paradise. Uh, he offers her, um, like, when she first comes in, he offers her a belly rub machine or, uh, to take a nap in a sunbeam. Um, and, like, every time they leave a car or, uh, need to leave a, um, a building or something, she has to coax him outside and go, like, wanna go, boy? You wanna go outside? Do you wanna go? Um, like, every single time, it's very funny <laughs> to me. Um, I, I like Atticus because he is a very good representation of the breed. Um, he is a little bit silly, but he's also, he's very kind, very loyal. Um, he's got a little bit of a sense of entitlement, uh, a lot of pride. Um, you know, he's very stubborn, which... A lot of corgis are very stubborn. They do what they want, when they want to do it, and they're not going to listen to you. <laughs> um, 
which I think uh, my the funniest joke for me from that first uh, the pilot that he was in and then um, also made it to the show uh, is he he tells Tulip that there is a shadow monster uh, that is threatening the um, the dogs of Corginia and he asks for her help uh, because it's across the perilous depths of the river. Uh, but when Tulip wades into the water, it's only two feet deep. <laughs> and he's like, but our little legs. <laughs> uh, so then he tells her that uh, the cardigans are a proud people uh, and they don't like to be picked up. And Tulip's like, why would you tell me that? Then it immediately cuts to her carrying him across the river and he's just squirming and barking. And she's like, stop it, stop it. Would you just for one second just stop moving? It has just been... <laughs> It's just very relatable to me because I have had to deal with a lot of very stubborn corgis that just don't listen. Do they listen better than Yellow Labs? Um, Yellow Labs listen. Like they're like they'll they listen to you. They're loyal. They just like are dumb and eat things that they shouldn't and <laughs> do things that they shouldn't and like corgis like they know what they have to do. They just choose not to do it. You know, by definition, I think Atticus being the king of corgis automatically surpasses Cheddar in every conceivable way as far as corgis yeah, are he's... concerned. I, I will say, I believe Cheddar yeah. is supposed to be a Pembroke uh, corgi also, so of the opposing clan. Oh, wait, is Atticus Welsh? Did I, did I miss that? Uh, Atticus is a cardigan oh, Welsh okay. corgi instead of a Pembroke Two types Welsh of corgi. Welsh corgi. They're... Yeah, uh, but he is... Um, he is coined as uniting the Cardigans and the Pembrokes, and that is why he was made King of Corginia. Ah, okay. So opposing clan, not really, because he united them. Yeah. Well then, I guess Cheddar's out. Sorry, Cheddar. <laughs> Just some common bitch. Unfortunate. Cheddar has become the common bitch. I like Cheddar. I've never heard of Infinity Train. I like it's not even ringing any bells for me, so I, I had to look it up, and oh. it's uh, it, it sounds pretty wild. Like I, I'm interested to know what else oh, yeah. that is in the show, but it's it's really good. Like I said, I saw the pilot on YouTube many years ago when I was in college, I think, and it took them a long time to make the show, and then they finally made the show, and they did a couple seasons, and then the Cartoon Network canceled it. Um, and pretty unexpectedly, they didn't get to finish the story they w- the way they would have wanted. It's kind of upsetting. Um, I do like what they did put out there, um, but would have been nice if they got to finish it the way that they were hoping. But I, I, and now it's off of HBO Max too, so now you can't even watch it on there. <laughs> I do see that in this picture, at least uh, Atticus appears to be wearing a tiny crown, and uh, yep, just looks so happy. Well, good addition. I would never have considered that. I've I've seen a bit of Infinity Train. He's pretty good. Mm-hmm. No chatter though. No, better. Atticus mm-hmm. is better. Better chatter. All right, Scott. Why like don't we uh, Why don't we jump over to your number two? Number two. That is the one that comes after one. Okay, right. In so some number two. Systems. I. Yes, well, in this case, it comes after three because we're going backwards. And my number two is Bandit, who is the blue healer from the TV show Bluey. 
So if you've never seen this TV show, um, it is about a family of blue healers in Australia. And Bluey is one of the daughters, and along with her sister Bingo, are often interacting with mom and dad during various imagination playtime activities. Her dad, Bandit, is basically the dad that I strive to be. In in so many ways, he is truly magnificent, and I don't think I'll ever achieve that level. But watching him gives me hope that I can I can try. And so let me give you a little bit more detail there. Bandit has a job as an archaeologist. He likes to dig up bones because he's a dog. But his real job is being the most active and involved dad of all time. And a lot of the times it's portrayed like he wants to sit on the couch, read the paper, or like play football with his mates, or just you know watch some TV. And when Bluey and her sister Bingo need help finding ways to be entertained, Bandit is always there to save the day. So my favorite thing about Bandit is that he just plays along with everything. When one of the kids pulls out a magic feather wand or a magic stalk of asparagus, Bandit doesn't question it. He just rolls with it. And that's what separates the contenders from the pretenders in fatherhood. So if my kid points at me and says, I've been turned into a monkey, you better believe I'm going to act like a monkey. And it's definitely in part to this show. Bandit makes his kids' imaginations come to life. You know, I, I, I got to respect that. And he doesn't get the respect he deserves, but what good father really does? I mean, we're the butt of jokes at times. and But when push comes to shoves, we are the rock for our kiddos. And, and that's really what Bandit is for his family. So. If things go really poorly, he just mutters, oh, biscuits, and rolls with it, which is a pretty good phrase. So most of the episodes feature Bandit and the kids playing make-believe in some way, like I said. And so whether he's dressed up as a baby or acting like a disobedient emu or pretending to be a robot, Bandit does it well and could run a masterclass on the subject of make-believe and pretend. I think that's what's so great about how he plays with his kids. It's he lets them make the rules, and so when Bluey and Bingo are pretending to work for Bandit at home, for example, Bluey says that she is now the boss and quickly draws some random squiggly lines on a piece of paper, and then she hands it to, to Bandit, and he looks at it, and instead of just dismissing her writing as gibberish, which you know any parent could do and just say, I don't want to do deal with this, I don't have time for it, he agrees immediately and says, oh, it looks like it's all in order, and now he's committed to his child's imagina- imagination. Excuse me. Uh, And he even takes it one step further when his new boss asks him to clean the windows with his butt. And that's just dedication. That's just good parenting. Uh, Also, beyond that, the show does not play into stereotypical families. Sometimes the idea of a dad being at home with his kids while their significant other goes out is often referred to as babysitting. And personally, that is something that bothers me. When I'm watching my kids, I'm not babysitting, I'm parenting. You know, it's not uh, some weird opportunity that I just happen to be spending time with my children. So the show puts the spotlight on dads that kind of take care of the chores and watch the kids and and everything is equal in in Bluey's house. And Bandit is a dad that can can really handle it all, you know, along along with his wife. 
And, you know, Bandit said it best, even though he loves his kids and shows a lot of patience, and I mean a lot of patience, he still sighs when he's asked to play certain games with them because, like, you ever just get that opportunity where you're like, oh, God, this is not what I want to be doing right now. And this this whole instance, that little bit, it, it it's so minor and seemingly insignificant, but it really, it's the core of what really screams authenticity and real parenthood. And it's a recurring theme that was really established like the very first episode when Bluey and Bingo find a magic xylophone. And when this specific xylophone is used, it can freeze Bandit in place. And he is less than thrilled that they've discovered it again. And parenting requires a ton of energy. And Bluey does not sugarcoat that, Bluey the show. So it, it, you know, it understands the struggle and and anytime the parents pout and moan at the idea of doing something the kids want to do, but it, it really, it never ceases to make me chuckle. And if the game involves me laying down and not moving, wonderful. It usually doesn't, but maybe our kids should be more thoughtful about this sort of thing. I don't know. We got to not reconsider it. it. No. Um, so last, I'm, I'm going to say here, Bluey is, if you watch this show, it is going to make you laugh. It may even make you cry, but the worst thing it's going to do is make you want to keep watching even after your kids have gone to bed, or at least that's what people tell me. Yeah, I have a a friend of Grace and I's, uh, who you're familiar with also, Scott, uh, Chris. I know he is a big Bluey fan. His daughter, uh, who is a little over one year old, big Bluey fan, has gotten, uh, so there's been a lot of Bluey in that household, so I I have heard Bandit extolled before as a good dad and a good dog. Fantastic, yeah. I've also heard a lot about Bluey at work. Uh, several of the people I work with um, have kids and watch it. Um, even the people who don't have kids watch it. So. I would say that as far as kids shows go, this is definitely one of the better shows as far as parents also being entertained. And it's it's just so relatable to people with kids. and. And the theme song at the beginning is super catchy, and I, I just find myself watching and thinking, God, I've seen this exact situation play out at my house, and I did not handle it as well as I could have because I'm not Bandit. But You're not a dog. I'm trying. I'm not a dog. No, yeah. But he is a dog, and he is the goodest of dog dads. And you said he's a blue healer? He is a blue healer, yeah. Uh, One of my favorite stories from past working um, at a, as a dog bather, I was checking in a dog one time and I asked a woman for the breed of her dog and I'm looking at her dog and she goes, well, they told me he's a blue healer, but he doesn't look very blue to me. And I'm just like looking at the dog and he like very clearly has, the blue Merrill, which is what you call yep. the the blue like speckled dots um on dogs. Yep. And I'm just like, what what kind of blue do you expect him to be? Like and blue she, like, from blues clues. Yeah, no, that's exactly <laughs> that was exactly what she said. Was like blues clues. And I'm like, dogs aren't that blue. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. The blue Merle, yeah, that's uh that's a beautiful color it is yeah it's not actually blue though it's more like a gray no it's a grayish color but i get why they 
call it blue, you know, and give it its distinct name. But how, he's how also notably Blandit. not blue. How blue is Blandit? That's what I said. Yep. Yes. He is not blue. He is a brownish orange color. Blue is blue. And uh, nope, mom is not. I don't think mom's blue either. Bluey's adopted. You heard it here first. Bluey's adopted. I, I don't think so. Uh, it's I, a recessive gene. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure Ma, mom might also be blue. I've never seen the show once. I don't know what it looks like. I'm maintaining that streak. Yeah, I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now, but you know what? It's fine. Maybe. Oh, no. Dad's blue. Bandit oh. is blue. Oh, oh my gosh. Man. I was. Never mind. Scott's arguments oh are all gosh. disqualified. All my credibility. All once. my credibility. Oh, Barely my God. Yet. It's gone. No, I'm I'm, uh, I'm I'm not colorblind, but right now I feel like I might as well be. OK, admittedly. As I'm quote unquote watching this show, it's playing in the room and the kids are watching it and I'm doing something else and listening to it. So I don't often just watch the show, but I hear it. Gotcha. And then as certain things happen, you know, you got to look up and see what's going on because there's a lot of sight gags in that show. Very, very funny. Bluey, best dog podcast of 2023. Hmm. Start a new podcast, huh? Just talk about Bluey. All right, I think I've probably said more than my fair share here before we get derailed again, Gracie. <clears throat> Why don't you go to number two on your list, Josh? My number two. Uh, this time we are delving away from the world of uh, biological dogs. And we are heading into the realm of robot dogs. That's right. We're talking about K9 from Doctor Who. This was, in fact, on my honorable mentions. It was in my top five at some point. Got pushed out a little bit. I like K9 a lot. I think he's pretty great. Uh, so K9 is a robot dog uh, frequently served as a companion to the Doctor, starting with the fourth Doctor in the late 70s. He wasn't originally intended to be a recurring character, but younger audiences latched onto him, so they decided to keep him around. Uh, most notably, uh, he was a part of that kind of classic era of um doctor who that got like a lot of pbs reruns and and stuff like that in in america in you know like the 90s and stuff um so of uh, the fourth doctor sarah jane um and and k9 a lot there a good amount of those uh, episodes of the show didn't he come back for the sarah jane show as well he did so um k9 appeared in 21 21 serials of the original series of doctor who um, they brought him back for two episodes of the newer show when it returned in 2005. Uh, he also went on to appear in the spinoff, The Sarah Jane Adventures, and he even got his own spinoff show called K9. Hmm. Yeah. Um, that is not very well known because it is a show that is aimed at kids and is also not made by BBC. It is made an Australian-made show that is supposed to be tangentially canonical in the doctor who universe like parts of it are and parts of it aren't i don't i don't really know i've never watched any of it i uh i had not even heard of it until uh reading up on k9 for this episode of the show um but yeah that they had his show only got one season versus sarah jane adventures got four so but there was that huge doctor who boom of the late 2000s where there was all those Sarah Jane adventures, Torchwood, and I guess this K9 show and everything on top of the Doctor Who revival. Hmm. So 
Um, I guess I was not that surprised to hear about it. Uh, there have been four different versions of K9, Mark 1, Mark 2, Mark 3, and Mark 4. Uh, they had uh, the Mark 1 and Mark 2 were, and, and the Mark 3 were part of the original series. And then you see the Mark 3 version again in the Doctor Who revival um, as he's Sarah Jane has kind of had him broken for just hanging on to him for a lot of years. And then when she eventually runs into the doctor again, decades later, he's able to fix him up and mm-hmm. get him running again. Interesting thing with K nine. Um, he was originally supposed to be a small actor inside a robot dog suit, but that just didn't, they couldn't get it to look quite right. Uh, so they ended up going, building a radio controlled prop. And that's the version of K nine that you end up seeing in all those old seventies episodes. Sweet. K9 is pretty great. Uh if you he likes to say affirmative a lot in a affirmative, affirmative. body voice. There's there is a YouTube video you could go watch that is uh 140 seconds long that is just a supercut of every time he says mm-hmm. affirmative. Um so it's well over a hundred times you want to hear K9 say affirmative, you can do that. Uh, I don't know that I recommend that if you want to enjoy this character going forward, but, you know, it's out there. I just might do that. Uh, an earlier appearance, though, it does feature him uh, beating the Doctor at chess. So K-9, also very intelligent, as you might expect from a robot dog. Does he have lasers? I think K-9's pretty fun. I don't think he's ever shown to have lasers. K-9's not much of, like, an offensive, much in the spirit of Doctor Who. Doctor Who, as a sci-fi show, isn't about, like, going up and beating up on the bad guys or anything like that. It's more like outsmarting mm-hmm. them, right? So K9 is usually more used to like analyze data or you know, mm-hmm. stuff like I'm that. I'm pretty sure he had a laser weapon at some point. Did he? I don't remember. I'd have to look it up. I watched at one point I had watched every episode of Doctor Who that exists, even going back to the original 60s stuff. Uh at this point, I have I fell real hard off of the newer show at a certain point uh, around like 20, 2011 or so when that show really started getting pretty. Wait bad. a minute, at, <laughs> I have not the, come back to it. But. Was it the tenth Doctor, I think it was David Tennant when when he fixed up. That was the tenth Doctor that fixed him, right? When he fixed him up, Mark Three. Yeah, yeah um, I'm pretty sure that he uses like a nose mounted laser gun to ignite the oil in the school that ends up exploding. Oh, that's that. Yeah, that's entirely possible. I have not watched that probably in like, what were those things years? called? I have to look it up. I don't remember. So it's been a minute. OK, well, you know what? That's fine. but more more of what I remember of K9 is those old like 70s episodes with with sure. the fourth. But the fact that a a computer is better at chess than another sentient being is hardly marvelous. I think that's been proven that computers will always be superior at chess. Yeah, but he's a robot dog, though, Scott. Did yeah, but he was built that? in the year 5000. He was, that's true. A superior, latest technology Cutting type. Edge. Yeah, exactly year 5000 we're talking several thousand years from now the, the thing that they, that, they, that they didn't tell you is that 5000 years from now chess is like completely fallen on fashion 
so nobody knows how to play even play chess anymore so when they upgrade up like k9 had to learn it on the spot and then like just got good no at but it chess beating. actually becomes i'm making that chess up. becomes only the computers at that point because nobody can beat the computers so like why bother at this point i'm just gonna let the computers play and uh, the archives of the chess data got like corrupted so they didn't have anything hmm. Coincidentally, Magnus Carlsen still considered one of the best players of all time. Yeah, he was actually uh, the last person to ever play chess. <laughs> okay, are we making up new Doctor Who canon for the world of chess within Doctor yeah, Who? We're, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're moving on to, uh, we're purely becoming a, we're going to abandon the Super Sequence format. We're moving to a Doctor Who fan fiction podcast. Uh, Grace, you can voice uh, Rose. Oh, man. As long as I'm not like Mickey. Billy Piper. I don't want to be Mickey. No, that actor also turned out to be kind of a real piece of shit. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, uh, Donna's the best, though. Can I be Matt Smith? I want to be Matt Smith. Bow ties are cool. Oh. All right. Well, that's enough, Doctor. I wore Who a bow tie the other day. Anyone? And I said bow ties are cool or several times, and nobody anyone. got the reference. All right. Well, uh, so Grace, since we already know you're number two. Which is Wishbone. Why don't we move on to your number one? Ooh, number one. What's what's your best fictional dog? Oh. Uh, number one, my best fictional dog is Doug from Pixar's Up. Oh, I could have guessed this. Uh, I love Doug. He is very funny and cute. Um, I. Hi there. You. What kind of dog my... is he? He is a golden retriever, which is one of the things I love about him because he is such a good representation of the breed. Um, the very first thing he says when he meets um, the two main characters of Up is, My name is Doug. I have just met you, and I love you. And that is like every golden retriever that you have ever met. That is exactly what they say in their heads. And then he hits, Squirrel! A lot of golden retrievers uh, at work. Um, one of my favorites, her name is Willow. Uh, she is definitely a lot like Doug. Uh, I think there's, they're really, really smart in some ways and really dumb in others. Um, she is just so lovable and sweet, but she's also a poop eater, so that's gross. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want that. Make, making uh, a good argument there, Gracie. Keep going. <laughs> but Doug, never shown to eat any poop, which is great. It's um, kids show. Kids show. <laughs> he is. Um, he has the collar on him that allows him to speak English, or it can actually like cycle through a bunch of them and let him speak a lot of different languages, which is pretty funny. That's a good scene in the movie. I think Doug perfectly encapsulates what is going on in a golden retriever's head and what it might be like if they could speak. Um, I think he's just a perfect representation of the breed. Uh, he's very loyal, very sweet. Um, yeah, he's very funny. Um, I uh, Some interesting things about him is uh, he is actually the only dog that is owned by Charles Muntz because he, he is the antagonist in the movie. Uh, and he owns a bunch of dogs, but Doug is the only dog owned by him that is capable of tracking down Kevin because he is the only hunting dog. Um, all the other dogs are guard dog breeds. Uh, so they, none of them would have had the skills um, needed to hunt down Kevin, even though they are all, like, trying to 
um like dobermans you know, they kind of pick right? on yeah, and there's a bulldog yeah there's a doberman a rottweiler and a bulldog the alpha um he's he's also the only dog that isn't named after a greek letter um but they think that his name might have been delta at one point but then it was like oh no he's so dumb just name him doug <laughs> Have you seen the the mini shows on Disney Plus with Doug? Yes. Oh, those are also pretty pretty fantastic. I did. At one point, the, like the squirrel uh, gets the the voice collar. Oh yes, that was good. And suddenly the squirrel can speak English and realizes it, and he's like, "Hey, this is pretty great." No one wants that. It's, it's pretty funny. No one, yeah. no one wants squirrels capable of speech. Nope there's one thing that disney plus does well it is the short animated format uh the thing i like most about doug is that he chooses his uh, his master he decides that his former master charles Muntz, is uh, is a bad guy he is not a good person uh and uh when he he decides he's a much better person and he um he switches sides and then does some some very brave things in order to uh, protect Kevin, and um, he doesn't just follow orders. Uh, you know, he does what he what he thinks is right, uh, which I think is 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 very sweet. It was a good choice. It was it was again on an initial draft of mine, but would have made my top ten. Did not make my top six, unfortunately. But is in my honorable mentions. Doug, Doug is amazing. Uh, Grace, you almost had a clean sweep of all of your choices being talking dogs, except for Max. Max is not talk. So. Yeah, that's true. You're one through five, all talking dogs. I like talking dogs. Talking dogs are superior. Don't let Modoc hear you say that. Modoc does talk. He talks through you. That's true. I do a voice for Modoc. I voice Modoc's internal dialogue. Mm, similar to like a Jim Gaffigan style. Uh, not exactly. Why is he talking like that? He has lots of different voices. That's true. I, I do lots of voices to amuse my wife. Are you going to bring Modoc uh, to visit when, we, when I see you again? I was not planning on it. Maybe you should. You have to, you have to convince our host uh, that that'll be okay. That's valid. All right. Well, Scott, why don't we head over to your number one? Number one. Yes, the most important dog on my list. Also a beagle. Oh. Yeah, and, you know, fun fact before I reveal my number one pick. Uh, of my top five, three of them were beagles, and Max is a beagle mix. So Gromit's a beagle, Snoopy's a beagle, Max is a mix. Number one, Courage the Cowardly Dog is a beagle. I didn't know that. So, Courage the Cowardly Dog from the TV show, Courage the Cowardly Dog, is an animated TV series that was created and directed by John Dilworth. The pilot episode, called The Chicken from Outer Space, was originally aired as part of What a Cartoon on February 18th of 1996, and the series officially premiered on Cartoon Network in November of 1999. And then it ended in November of 2002, with a total of 52 episodes over the course of about four seasons. 
Now it's it's 52 episodes, but every episode had two stories in it because they had a pre-break and a post-break episode. So, you know, each one's like you know, 12, 13 minutes or something. So what this show did really, really well is it balanced scary and funny. Because in some ways, this show was terrifying, especially for a kid's show. But they often had comedic relief to it. They also also did ridiculous outtakes of what the the series actually could be or represented. I mean, just the some of the ideas were so out there and ridiculous. Like you wanted to be scared, but at the same time, you're like, now this is just ridiculous. I, I can't be upset by this. But some of them were like hitting a little too close to home. Getting back to courage, though, courage is the heart of the show. Resignedly, he mutters that, you know, the things I do for love. And whenever he is about to march once more unto the breach, it's, it's the ultimate comfort. Seeing a, a fictional world full of horror where, despite his fear, a tiny little pink beagle always manages to overcome it and single-handedly save the day. And it is for that reason he is, in fact, the best dog. So an example, in the episode Perfect, Courage is forced to undergo various tests at the hand of a mean and judgmental teacher, and anytime he messes up or does something imperfectly, she reminds him of his failures, and her constant criticisms wear Courage down until his spirit is nearly broken. Though her domineering presence is felt throughout the episode, many theorize the teacher actually isn't real. But instead, she's a reflection of Courage's own self-doubt and desire to be perfect. And once Courage realizes that he's perfect just the way he is, the instructor disappears without a trace, and it's never said one way or another if she was really there. The idea was she was in Courage's head the whole time. So, to me, every episode feels this way in, in some capacity. It's relatable, and, and you want to feel like you are Courage, especially as a kid in this big world that you really don't know anything about and there's a lot of things going on good and bad and you know you you hear about some of those bad things or maybe you even see some of them as a kid and you you see this show and you see someone who actually can stand up and do the things that he needs to do not just for himself but for his family you know Eustace and Miriam is is owners Eustace is awful terrible owner very abusive they they try to portray him as somewhat reconcilable in a few of the episodes, but Courage puts up with it for the most part and, you know, often just does whatever he can to, to save him. You know, no offense to Scooby. You know, I'm not sure, Josh, if that's your number one. We haven't said anything about it Scooby yet, but okay. Well, no offense to Scooby and his snacks, but Courage doesn't need to be bribed or coerced to act, and he doesn't—he—he he doesn't resolve his frightening predicaments because of selfishness or a hero complex. He does so out of empathy and love, and whatever monsters he faces can never measure up to that, whether that's internal or external monsters. And I think that's just amazing. The the whole show, you know, there's a bunch of relatable episodes. There's a bunch of episodes that you want to feel like could could be these could be me i am that dog and because you feel so closely related to the character it's the reason that it became so beloved in such a short period of time and why this one was easily number one on my list it it is without doubt 
one of the best portrayals of what a dog could be, but also what a person could be in an anthropomorphic sense, since he's a bipedal dog. But anyway. I uh, grew up watching Courage. Uh, I like the show a lot. Uh, The thing I like about it is that uh, I think some people have theorized that the show, and you touched on it a little bit, is it's supposed to be more about, like, um, seeing the world through a dog's eyes and that, um, it can, you know, there are lots of things that are very scary to the dog. Like the, I think there's a whole episode about a demon vacuum cleaner, which, uh, oh, yeah. our dog would also feel the same way about, feels the same way about the vacuum cleaner. Um, or a lot of the times, like when there's different monsters in that introduced into the home it's like these are like new people into the home that he doesn't know um you know or it's like oh it's a delivery man left a package at the door um you don't know what it is and like the package turns out to be like a a sarcophagus of the mummy inside or something but um i think that's kind of an interesting take on it it's definitely an exaggeration of of a dog's view of life Josh, have you also watched Courage? Um, my confession, I have not seen a single minute of this show. I don't know anything about it besides what you've just told me. Oh. I have yeah, I definitely have no experience given, with Given Courage. your closed-off childhood, I, that's not really a surprise, but Courage is... We didn't have cable. He's the cowardly dog, but somehow he overcomes his fears. But... Moving on to maybe a somewhat less exciting number one. What do you got, Josh? So my number one, I am genuinely shocked and frankly appalled that um, he's not even made any of your top sixes um, as objectively the greatest dog to ever exist uh, in terms of fiction. Uh, We're talking about, from the Muppets, Rolf the Dog. Underwhelmed. Yeah, I agree. Hey, Rolf. Oh, come on. Rolf is so good. No, he's not fun. even the best he's not Muppet the best character. Muppet. No. He's not exactly. the best Muppet. He's not the best Muppet because the best Muppet's not even close. Statler and Waldorf. Um, no, but Wal- the best Rolf, is Rolf is like the rat. What? Rolf is like top five for sure. Oh, hold on, what? I'm already, we're, okay, we're not here to do top ten Muppets, although that could be an no, episode. But... Rolf, I love. Rolf. I read the, as I was doing research. I'm like, oh, Rolf, no. I don't know, I'm gonna say right here, at the first line of my notes here, uh, one of the best Muppets. Um, you can't argue with that. It's in the notes. Um, okay. Anyway, uh, so Rolf was first created in uh, 1962 for dog food commercials, most specifically Purina. Um, and then um, it's kind of, Rolf is really the first Muppet that kind of took on, um, really national level fame. Uh, he's, he appeared on different variety shows like the Jimmy Dean show, Mike Douglas show, or Ed Sullivan. Uh, and you know, was the, his shtick on those shows is much like his shtick as it went on to, um, things like the Muppet show or the different movies and things like that, um, was, you know, Rolf sang and played piano. Uh, and that is, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of the main Rolf thing. It's not the only thing his character is used for, but it's definitely the biggest through line is he's a musical performer. Um, you know, once the Muppet show began, he, that's kind of regularly what he was, he was doing. Um, he is in many of the Muppet movies, but he, and I think this may be the disconnect for you guys. 
Um, I think I, I I know this is true for Grace, and I think this may be true for you as Scott. Well, are you guys are you both more more of what you grew up on was like Muppet Treasure Island or Muppet Christmas Carol or things like that? The more like Muppet versions of other movies. Mm, I mean, I I've definitely seen those movies, and I would say I I've watched some of the uh, early Muppets episodes. One of my biggest impacts from the Muppets universe or the Jim Henson universe, I would say is the Muppet babies and in watching that show. So here's, here's an argument for you then Uh, Muppet babies exists specifically because of Rolf. Uh, So his appearance as baby Rolf in a dream sequence in the movie Muppets take Manhattan, which is a great movie. Go watch it if you haven't. Um, that was wildly popular, so popular that it led to the creation of the Muppet Babies TV show. And there's even been a new version of Muppet Babies that my kids now watch that I'm like, this is not like the one that I used to watch. I did not know that existed. Yep. New version. Uh, better animation. Still kind of mediocre plot lines, but it's a kid show. Yeah, you know, not the worst. It's, It's no bluey. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, there is even a Rolf album out there. Uh, it's called Old Brown Ears is Back. Uh, it was released in 1993, but it was actually recorded in 1984. So it was recorded before Jim Henson died. So Jim Henson's the original performer for Rolf, obviously among many other Muppets. Um, but that was, it was, you know, Rolf was always Jim Henson up until he died. So then starting in the Starting in the 90s, uh, Bill Beretta took over, um, who has been doing performing as Rolf since then. Uh, you may also know Bill's work on the Muppets as uh, the Pepe the Prawn, Swedish mm. Chef, and Dr. I Teeth. Like Swedish Chef. Swedish Chef's got to be a top five character. Swedish Chef's very good. I like Swedish Chef. Uh, also, fun fact about the album, not a single one has sold because it's terrible. <laughs> Oh, uh, it's it, it, I will say the album not maybe not the main Rolf draw. Um but I I like Rolf a lot. He's uh definitely one of my favorite muppets. Gracie, um, you're awfully quiet over there. Are you uh, afraid to tell your husband that his choice is dumb? No, it's dumb for sure. Oh, she's she's never been afraid of that. <laughs> uh yeah, no like Rolf's okay, but yeah, he's not even the best muppet. That's the episode isn't best muppets. I know. No, but if you're going to go with best dog, it should be the best, you know, of that thing as well. Exactly. Best of the best. Do you think Snoopy is the best Peanuts character? Yes. Yes. Yeah, you're right. But. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I, I, I would say that depending on which one you're watching, the Grinch can be the best character. Jim Carrey is amazing in it's, as the Grinch. I, I am. I appreciate that. We all three of us are um, Jim Carrey Grinch appreciators because I know a ton of people who hate that movie. And I don't understand it. It's so good. Oh, my so wife bad. and I love that movie. Big fan. Yeah. Is Gromit superior to Wallace? Well, they're kind yeah. of, tandem. I don't know. No, I would but definitely Grom- say yeah. Gromit is better than Wallace. And Wishbone, obviously yeah. the main character. Courage, obviously the main character. Yeah. Doug. Doug is yeah, definitely Doug the best. Is better than ever. I mean. Yeah, yeah but that's yeah. that's because that movie isn't very good. Okay, so Bojack Horseman, because I don't know any of the other characters. Is Mr. Peanut Butter the best character? Is Bojack the best character? I Bojack is I've definitely not the best character. I, I don't think I've heard. I don't think I've heard. I know. I know a bunch of people who like Bojack. I do not 
know many people who think Mr. Peanut Butter is the best character. No, it's 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 Princess um, Buttercup. Bubblegum? No, it's butter. It's Princess Buttercup, isn't it? That's Princess Bubblegum. Oh yeah, no. Oh, you're right. It's Princess Bubblegum. Um, but what? That's the cat. His ex girlfriend. Uh, Princess. Uh, what about the princess? Uh, it's Princess Bride? Carolyn, please. Princess... Grace has also lost all credibility <laughs> about her entry because she could not remember a key character name. Buttercup. Buttercup is Princess Bride, right? Buttercup yes. is Princess Bride. Okay, and Princess Bubblegum is from Adventure Time. <laughs> Ain't no dogs in Princess Bride. Uh, no, but Adventure Time there is. We could have talked about Jake, but uh, I don't know. Like, I don't like fine. that show. I don't really like Adventure Time. Oh. Yeah. Jake gets bonus uh, points for being voiced by John DiMaggio. Anyway, we're not on honorable mentions yet. Why don't we go to break again? I'd also um, like to point out that Cheddar is not the best character in Brooklyn Nine. <laughs> no, but he is the best dog on Brooklyn Nine Nine. He is true, and there is more no than one dog. There's definitely really. more than one dog. Absolutely, there is. So, what about yeah. the common bitch? Please, yeah, I was going to say on. the other, the other <laughs> duplicate. Yeah. There's All the right. possum that Charles thought was Cheddar. That's true. That's okay, what about the episode where they couldn't decide uh, whether um, Scully was talking about his dog or his, his wife? wife or his dog? Yeah, <laughs> I, I actually don't remember what the result of that they was. Never no, they, no, they, they never figured it out. They never find out. They never find out. Oh my gosh! They they bring what? it back. No, hold on. We find out. I was gonna say it comes back later, and they that, still not find a... out. Ah, oh, damn it! Okay, never mind. Never mind. All right, well, I'm going to try to wrangle this podcast back onto some sort of sense of order here. We're going to go to break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about our honorable mentions, uh, and then we're going to argue about what belongs on the number one or top ten list here. I can't believe you guys don't like Rolf. Bullshit. Rolf is about to get shit canned to the <laughs> bottom of this list. We're going to break. We'll come back. Oh, man, this is uh, some of the most fun I think I've had while recording. All right. And welcome back, everyone. If you made it this far, then you're probably enjoying yourself at least a little bit. I know that we are. In that case, an honest rating or a review or simply referring a friend would go a very long way to help us get the word out about this podcast. We can't do it without you, the listener. So thank you for listening. And now on to phase two, where we're going to briefly go over the remainders of any personal list or honorable mentions that we'd like to discuss. And then we're going to argue about why Rolf deserves number 10 spot. Uh, hey, Josh, why don't you kick us off? What do you have for your honorable mentions that we haven't discussed? All right. I got a ton of honorable mentions here, so I'm just going to get oh, going. Me too. Go um, for it. I imagine we're gonna, probably going to have a lot of overlap in honorable mentions. Um, 100%. We already mentioned uh, Max. Uh, from Grinch, uh, so we've Great got uh, other good and Eddie from Frasier. We mentioned him. Uh, how about uh, entries from Jack London's books, Buck from Call of the Wild, and White Fang from White Fang? Hmm. Uh, we've got McGruff the Crime Dog, uh, Cosmo the Space Dog uh, mm-hmm. from Marvel mm-hmm. Comics, uh, Otis from Milo and Otis, uh, Porthos the dog from Star Trek Enterprise, Vincent the dog from Lost. Seymour, the dog from Futurama, who very could have made the list if I had chosen to do my criteria a little bit differently. Um, Amaterasu from the video game Okami. 
uh, Droopy Dog. I like Droopy Dog a lot. Hercules from mm-hmm. Sandlot. Uh, Blue from Blue's Clues. Balto mm-hmm. from Balto. Uh, mm-hmm. Gromit, who we've mentioned already. Uh, Slinky Dog from Toy Story. Also Ooh, great choice. came pretty close to making my list. Uh, and then finally, Pluto from Disney and Goofy from Kingdom Hearts. Goofy from Kingdom Hearts specifically, huh? <laughs> Not from Goof Troop or the Goofy movie. Not from or Kingdom Hearts. Anything clearly, else. Clearly, okay. the original okay, thing yeah. that Goofy is from, Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, the original, yep. Gracie, what about your honorable mentions? Oh, Anything sorry, I missed one. I missed one. Uh, most crucially, the dog that Snoop Dogg turns into in the Who, I, Who Am I, What's My Name music video. That one is pretty good. Um, uh, it's ridiculous. Snoop Doggy. Except dog. I, I will. I'm disqualifying that one because it's a real dog. Not fictional. I guess you're right. Okay, go ahead, Gracie. Uh, my honorable mentions, I've got Bruiser from Legally Blonde. Uh, he is the Chihuahua. Um, yep. Fly from Babe. She is okay. the mother dog, the border collie that takes Babe in and teaches him how to be a sheepdog. Babe's uh, good. And Shadow from Homeward Bound. Um, oh, there's one more as well, since uh, my lovely husband didn't mention it. Uh, our dog would like us to mention his favorite. Um, oh, good point. Yep. His favorite fictional dogs, which are the dogs from John Wick 2. Uh, he John loves when. Jo- oh, it's John Wick 3. John Wick 3. Yeah. Uh, is he loves when dogs kill people. <laughs> it's true. Amazing. Coincidentally, I also have a dog from John Wick on here. Daisy from the first one. Oh, no. And it's, Is that the one it's that unfortunate. Died? Oh, yeah, hold on. It's unfortunate that the dog died, but it propelled like part of the entire plot line. So I feel bad for the dog. Rest in peace. But I would say a core element to that story because of, you, know, sure. the, you know, Ian Greyjoy. Uh, so Scott likes it uh, when dogs are fridged. Good, moving on. Other honorable mentions: K nine was gone. We went over Bitzer. We went over Balto. Underdog. Did you mention Underdog? I did not mention no. Underdog because I've never watched any. Okay, Beethoven from the Beethoven. Movies yeah, but those movies the, suck. The really big... Oh, the movies are awful. Oh, but terrible. the dogs hilarious. I thought it was great. I still um, call Saint Bernard's Beethoven's in my head. There you go. <laughs> Buddy from Airbud, also terrible movies, yeah, but the good. fact that the dog is is so miraculous and they can kind of make up rules, like, oh well, the rule book doesn't say we can't do it. So yeah. okay, there's also the uh, curse of Airbud. Uh, that the dog, the main dog that plays Airbud in every movie dies after every movie. Oh, and there's also Air Buddies, where there's a whole bunch of puppies. Do all the puppies die right after? Don't answer that question. <laughs> Homeward Bound. Uh, Homeward Bound, I had Shadow and Chance on there because I, I appreciate both of them, even though Chance is an idiot. I have Einstein from Back to the Future because he's the first time-traveling dog, and I think that's awesome. Oh, there's uh, another Frank, honorable that's mention. That's true. Frank the Pug. Frank the Pug from Men in Black. I don't know, he's, he kind of saves the day a few times. He runs the comms, and uh, he, uh, he also sings. You know, And so we're back. Okay, but he's anyway. not actually a dog, though. Uh, he's an alien in a dog suit. Yeah, he's a dog. All right, so Cheddar, uh, I also had on here Eddie from Frasier, Doug from Up, Santa's Little Helper from The Simpsons. One of my favorite, my most iconic dogs of all time, but unremarkable, so it did not make my list. Um, and then as I was working on my list for this, my kids wanted me to mention uh, three different uh, honorable mentions on here. So Bingo and Rolly from 
Paw Patrol, or excuse me, from, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, not Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol is the next one they wanted me to mention. All of the dogs from the Paw Patrol. Uh, we can't. They, we cannot have. We don't allow copaganda on the show. Um, we're, we're no Cop- no Paw copaganda. no Paw Patrol allowed. Uh oh. Okay. A cab. Um. <laughs> okay. Uh, Bingo and Rolly are from Puppy Dog Pals, and then the last one that I was told I could not have on here because it's not really a dog, even though spiritually it's a dog is spot from the good dinosaur because it's a human it's a even though in in it's yeah a it's, human. A, it's a human but in this context you know he is a dog to the dinosaur so that's why he didn't make my list but spiritually i you know he's pretty remarkable also wouldn't have ranked because it's another movie that no one likes uh pretty sure your sister loves that movie no leah hates that movie hates what? that movie what? No, I don't. actually, I think Leah maybe likes that movie. I'm not sure. I don't remember. Okay, last time I hung out with you guys, you were like, oh, Leah loves this movie. And I'm like, oh, great. I, I don't know if love's the right word. The... I think Leah like has an appreciation for that movie. But she's the only person okay. on planet Earth, which is why that movie made approximately $2.70 at the box office. Which is more than Ralph's albums. All right, keep going. His name's not uh, Ralph. Ralph, Disrespect. Whatever. All right, sorry. Bingo and Rolly are from Puppy Dog Pals, and that's also a great show. Anyway, uh, that is the rest of my honorable mentions list. Now I think we should probably discuss uh, realistic number ones and why Rolf is number 10. I'm gonna Tracy, start, what do you think? I'm going to start by being a magnanimous person here and talk mm-hmm. about what I like on other people's lists, because that's oh, how, me. How wonderful. That's me. Um, it's not gonna not gonna win you any friends here, but keep going. I think your argument for Bandit was pretty good. I feel pretty good about having Bandit high up on the list, despite not knowing anything about him prior to today. Yeah, I would agree. I don't know about number one, but I, I feel He'd like Bandit. Like I feel like Bandit three. could be like a top three. Yeah, let's put Bandit at number three. How do you feel about that, Scott? I think it's a good start. Okay, I'm gonna move him over. So when I, I when I, I, I for people who may be new to the show. I, uh, we are using a Google Docs sheet that we, all three of us are in, and we're going to use that to kind of organize our top ten here. So I'm going to make another uh, point here. Wishbone was on all three of our yeah, lists. Yeah, I think Wishbone's got to be up high. Yeah. Four, six, and two. I'm pretty confident that, yeah, it's got to be in like a, you know, at this point, either a two or a four in my mind. I'd put him after Bandit, uh, probably like a four, but it, you know, definitely up there. Easily in the top five. I think it should be number two. I think mm-hmm. I think Wishbone what? is like when people think of fictional dogs, like Wishbone is one of the first that comes to mind. Like he, people, people our age certainly. Like, are there are there people outside of our age range? Weirdly enough, yes. What early thirties? Not you know more people out there. Unfortunately, outside the age range. I'm going to put Wishbone at number two for now. No, also, these initial positions, not binding. They can move. Sure. I, I think Snoopy deserves a top spot. It was six on your list, three on my list. I think Snoopy is one of the most iconic characters of all time and should be moved into the number four spot right here. I think four is too high for Snoopy. Had him at six. I'd I'd be more comfortable with a Snoopy at like five or six, I think. Yeah, I would say right. five or six too for Snoopy. All right. 
Let's put him at five for now. Let's just wait and see. Gracie, wh- how are you feeling about your picks or anybody else's? What do you think? Um, I think we got some we got some later spots that we need to fill up. Um, I de- like Ralph. I think he could be like you know bottom three. I don't. You know, like he's fine. It's terrible. I hate uh, you all. <laughs> <laughs> I I would argue that Rolf should not even be in the top ten. And then <laughs> Ooh, no, hold on, hold no. on. You you left off Max from this list. I would slot oh, I Max not, in. Did I not get Max in? Max is at five and six for us. I would put oh, Max yeah. at ten. No, absolutely. And Rolf. At number 11. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. We already have 11 on here from our top fours. Okay. Rolf at 12. I mean, no, you know, I'll give boo. you 11 to make you feel He's better. He's my number one. Max He's my be number one. He goes, he ranks higher What does that have to do that? with anything? He's yeah. terrible. I can't. No. You, you've gone from Rolf's all right to Rolf is terrible now. What, what is this? What is this slander? Versus the other dogs on this list? Are you kidding me? Hey, I'm going to make an argument here. Uh, Doug's not great. Doug's a one joke uh, character. No, fuck you. <laughs> Doug is fantastic. <laughs> they got, they got um the, the, the movie. He got a whole mini series, okay, and he got like an extra short that he did. So and he's only got one joke the whole did, way through. No, no, it's lots of do- jokes. They're just all dog related. <laughs> yeah, I. I, I have to agree with Josh. Doug is pretty unremarkable as far as dogs go. He's just a dog. He talk he, he can speak English. No, he can't. He has a collar that enables it, which we prove that anything that puts on the collar, animal wise, can speak English. He's not remarkable. Yeah. Here's how Okay. Here's here's an argument I have. I think I think Grace has some appreciation for courage. But in general, I don't think for the most part we're not that into each other's number ones. So what if we, what if I make this concession? Oh, we could put Rolf at number 10. If Oof. Doug is number nine and courage is number eight. Oh I'm willing gosh. to put courage higher because both of you have at least some appreciation for courage. Uh, uh hmm. And you're Scott, you're number one and you're number two. I think uh, neither of which I've had any experience with. I just think your ban- your argument for bandit is much much stronger than your argument for courage. All right, so before we do that, let me just say your argument for Hank and all of the reasoning about you growing up with him and and listening to the books or you know reading and how it's even influenced beyond you into your family. I I think that's pretty pretty remarkable in and of itself. And so the dog gets a little bit of a higher level as a result of that. So I slotted it in at number four there while we were having this discussion. I was I was thinking about it. And I, I, I even think that if I'm looking at what we have here, going off of what you just said, I want to take the two through five that we have and just slot them into I, one. I was four. just thinking the exact same thing. And so from there, I would put, like you said, Ralph. 10, Doug, 9, 
I think and then, Isabel needs to be on this list too because Wishbone was a Isabel's your number five. Yeah, but but Wishbone was a um we both Yeah, had but he's Wishbone. your number two. You had Wishbone oh. like Wishbone made two people's top fours. We're talking about top fours here because it's twelves. You should have ranked Isabel higher then. You know what? Oops. Did I uh no, oh, 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 hold on, hold on. I'm just uh, doing everything. I'm just moving oh, stuff Scott, around. Scott's doing his late game I'm... gambit here, like <laughs> he usually does. Uh, I, I will. Uh, okay. I know you're not going to agree with it, and that's I why I just uh, this, so... I threw something together so we could discuss it. Uh-huh. Uh, I so let me let me explain some of my logic here. Uh, Gromit from Wallace and Gromit, we agree, is an amazing character, and. Josh, I think even you said that the argument made sense and that you supported the Gromit character and that the Aardman universe is pretty fantastic. And Gracie also admitted that Gromit was easily the best character in that and was also great. And given that we all have history with it, I think it deserves a higher spot. Next, I put in K-9 because I had K-9 on my honorable mentions originally. We we all have appreciation for K-9. Number four, Uh, yeah, easily... Appreciation. Okay. I think and then Anakis I put, is better than K9. So this is where we're gonna have to discuss it because I only know what you told me about Atticus, and from what you told me, seems pretty amazing. But Atticus better, definitely better, better than, than K9. Atticus, Atticus better is than a Mr. King. Atticus is a king. Like I would say even courage is better than Atticus, and if I had it my way, I'd swap the two and put courage higher, but I was I, willing to concede Atticus to you. I actively dislike Mr. Peanut Butter. Oh, okay. Well, then uh, I don't. I, think... I don't like BoJack at all. Boom, boom, boom. Boom. Mr. Peanut Butter is uh, getting. You might be getting, getting wiped out here. I don't know. Yeah. I only know what you told me on this, and uh, never watched the show. But I, I gotta say, I'm much more excited about Infinity Train than I am about BoJack Horseman. Uh, Infinity Train is not soul-crushingly depressing. Yeah, that's true. Is that how... Well, you know what? In the spirit of what makes a, the best dog, anything that makes me feel soul-crushingly depressed is not, by definition, a good dog. But also, no, see, Grace, that's the thing about Mr. Peanut Butter that's nice, though, is he is the often the like the comic relief. Like he but is he's he's the, surrounded by soul crushing depression. Yeah, he's the ray of positivity though in Bojack's life. Oh, I think no, I think that thing, explains why Josh actively dislikes him. <laughs> I think I think that it makes sense for Mr. Peanut Butter not to make the top ten list. He can be a number eleven because he is your least. Uh, the Yellow Labs are your least favorite dog breed, Grace. Here's a, here's a look here. Uh, I want to see how much. What's our what's our dog breed variety here in the top ten as it stands? It's a no, Scott. I'm gonna need you to stop. Uh, stop Come on, the, Max stop is with better than Ralph. Stop with the no, Scott. No, hold on. No, Max let me, is not. Let me talk to Ralph. Gracie. Yes. Yeah, no, I agree. No. I think Max no. is better than Ralph. No. Two against one. No way. Two against yeah. one. No way. Max. Ralph. Ralph is a champion of good and Max Muppets. Is, I would say Max is better than Doug. You know, oh. Ralph doesn't enable the Grinch to become a better person. What if we person? cut Doug and we put Max no, in at number fuck nine? You. No, Doug is great. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Rolf is better than Doug. This is... No. Oh, sorry. But, uh, Rolf is better than Doug for sure. But Max is you definitely know, better than Doug. You know, I hate to say it, Gracie, but 
at least Josh is offering count point counterpoints here. You're just saying Fuck you <laughs> and, and moving on. That's that's not really been... the spirit of debate. <laughs> Listen, Doug is. <laughs> I have bad reasons for this. My reason is like, he's cute and funny. He's such a good boy. <laughs> a good I love Donnie so much. Here, here's, here's my my point was was I am I'm okay. I, I I am not gonna gun for Doug hardcore because we've already cut Mr. Peanut Butter, which is one of Grace's top four. Yeah. So Hey, what the Oh, Scott is Scott has removed Scott, Doug no. and Mr. Peanut Butter. Put Doug back on there. Oh boy, he's my number one. If you guys both get your number ones on the list, I get my number one on the list. Oh uh, well, I I don't know where we uh, where we landed here between Doug and Ralph. Uh, I, I was willing to take since you guys are so um, anti Ralph pilled. Um, I, I was willing to take Entire the L. <laughs> I was going to take the L on Rolf here and leave him at number ten, and allow Doug to um shamefully get up a spot on Rolf. Um, mostly because we're cutting Mr. Peanut Butter, and I'm willing to make concessions for that. I don't know that we need to modify this list anymore. I, I think, think it is. I think we is. have a list. Yeah, Grace. I agree. Josh, why don't you uh, why don't you read it back and and just we can we can think on it one more time as you read it 10 to 1. All right, here we go. Here's the rundown. <clears throat> At number 10. Piece of shit. Rolf. Yes, he is. No. <laughs> Rolf at number 10. Rolf from the Muppets. Rolf the dog. That's his oh. name. Ugh. <laughs> number 9. Doug from <laughs> Up, a movie that isn't even good. It is good. Number 8. Courage from Courage the Cowardly Dog. Number seven, Atticus from Infinity Train. Number six, K9 from Doctor Who. Number five, Gromit from Wallace and Gromit. Number four, Snoopy from Peanuts. Number three, Hank the Cowdog from Hank the Cowdog. Number two, Bandit from Bluey. And the best fictional dog of all time, officially, Wishbone from Wishbone. What's the story, Wishbone? So I want, I want to look here. Tale. Wishbone's a Jack Russell. Bandit's a Blue Healer. Hank the Cowdog's Australian Shepherd. Snoopy's a Beagle. Gromit's a Beagle. We have a Beagle overlap here. Courage, mm-hmm. also a Beagle. Canine's a, a robot. Triple Beagle. Canine's a robot. Atticus <laughs> is a Corgi. Doug's a Golden Retriever. Rolf is a Mutt. So we, I th- other, than, other than the... That was the, a decent mix. The Triple Beagle. Um, the, we the got Beagle soon, trifecta. We got a pretty decent mix of breeds here, including robots. Who knew? Also, other thing I learned today, boy, there's a whole lot of um, properties, fictional properties with dogs in them that are named after the dog. Oh, yeah. Oh, Wishbone, oh I, I guess I, dog. I did forget one honorable mention, and it made you reminded me when you mentioned robot dog, um, Mega Man's sidekick. Oh yeah. Uh, Rush. I, I don't. I don't know why. I. How did I not get that? I don't know. How did it's I not late. put that on my honorable bunches either? I mean, he's not going to make the top ten clearly, but no. um, but Rush is great. But he, he's awesome, and he enables Mega Man to do so many things as he sacrifices himself into the lava. There's Spring I, Rush, and there's the Jet Rush. Uh, two honorable mentions from anime. We have Bond from Spy Family. He is a great Pyrenees. Um, that. Ooh. 
he can see the future. And since Anya oh. can read minds, she reads his mind and can see what he sees. Um, and then Ein from Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop. You know, there was one that I was questioning as I was going through this in uh, the Avatar universe. Uh, the polar bear dog, which I didn't know if it would count or not. because Naga. Yeah, more polar bear than dog, I think. But I agree. Technically polar bear dog. I, I, I would agree. I think Naga got more polar bear traits than dog traits. Yeah. 100%. Pretty, pretty significant. But a good, Wouldn't have made my top 10 anyway. But a good, but. Good, good character for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we should probably wrap this whole thing up. Yeah, I would say that this was easily the most sidetracked that we've gotten during these conversations. Our most raucous episode to date, let's say. This has been wonderful. Thank you for coming, Grace. And uh, you're welcome. All right. Let's. Uh, I don't think you're going to have me again. I'd have you back. I'm just saying we can figure it out. Not after that Rolf slander. We uh we talked about the idea of doing a a girls only podcast where me and Josh's sisters do talk about bad boys. Interesting. Well, good luck starting your podcast. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, to the listeners here, thank you for taking the time to listen to us argue. We we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Man, I just gotta love arguing with your friends. Can't wait to see you guys in person this weekend and argue some more. Yeah. So our next episode will be posted in two weeks' time, and we intend to keep the bi-weekly release schedule unless we have audio malfunctions. Josh, do you want to tell these lovely people what our next topic will be? Our next topic comes in from one Scott from Michigan. Oh, uh, we're going to do Sounds our lovely. top 10 fictional ships. Ooh, ships and ships, ships as in not not relationships. No, no, not nothing. So but nothing so lewd as that. We're talking about good old the women of the sea or space, I guess. Sailing <laughs> ships or starships. Vessels, vessels, as it were. Interesting. Fictional. Not Titanic, for example. Yeah, fictional specifically. No, okay. No Titanic. Objectively, a bad ship. That the Edmund Fitzgerald. Also okay. a ship that sunk. Okay. Uh, okay. We're not going for top ten. Top ten sunken ships. Sunken ships. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. No, that's not. We're not doing that. Let's just do ships. Okay. Well, <clears throat> that that sounds lovely. Can't wait to do that one. And uh, I guess until next time, I've been Scott. I've been Josh. I've been Gracie. And remember, with a little practice, you can argue your way into a friendship. Take care, folks. Mm. Best songs that will make you move. You feel like you can't listen to them without moving or dancing in some capacity. I put uh, zero songs on my list because no songs can make me dance. What? Yeah, no, Josh doesn't dance. I fucking hate dancing. Well, it's not terrible. dancing, like moving your head or moving your body in any kind of way. I consider that, you know, at least partial dancing. Yeah. I like the way you move. Josh has no rhythm. I don't care if he has what a rhythm. What the fuck are you talking about? I play the drums. <laughs>
I meant in your soul. Okay. Let's let's go back. The soles of his feet. Here. I'm affronted. It's the feet. He's got two left feet. All right. Josh can't dance. I was at his wedding. It's true. All right. 